Episode 150, everybody. Wow, 150 episodes. I like that. It's a nice round number. And uh, it was a great one. Very informative episode with Jamie Beebe, the casting director, who also hosts her own podcast called Strictly Stalking. And the majority of this episode is focused exactly on that stalking, uh, victims, stalkers themselves, signs, things to look for, how people handle it, uh, areas of the law that are developing, etc. So uh, appreciate Jamie. Check her out. We've linked her up in the show notes. And uh, as always, folks, please, if you have not yet, click subscribe, join the family. If you're on Apple Podcasts, the uh, subscriptions and ratings are coming in and uh, really appreciate it. Again, every time we get a, a new rating, it continues to elevate the podcast and allows us at least the opportunity to get pushed out to more people throughout the world uh, via Apple Podcasts. But you could subscribe and, and rate us and review us on any app, uh, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, etc. You you pick the app. As long as you're part of this family, it doesn't matter to me where you listen to it. Uh, and with that said, everybody, like I said, a very insightful episode, a lot of information with the uh, host of the Strictly Stalking podcast, Jamie Beebe. The Optimal Life. Jamie, it's a crazy world we're living in, isn't it? It really is. You are at the front line now, now that you've got 50 episodes under your belt, of hearing from people that have to deal with this crazy thing called stalking. And I assume it comes in so many different forms. So uh, let's talk about it. Let's get right into it. You have a podcast called uh, Strictly Stalking, correct? Correct. How long ago did you guys start? Um, we started about a year ago. We launched it um, a year ago in January. And how did it come about? Um, you know, I knew me and my business partner wanted to do a podcast um, in the true crime world. We just weren't really sure what to do. Um, and there's so many out there. So I actually called my business partner, Jake Deptula, and I was kind of <coughs> complaining, like, I can't think of anything. And he goes, well, what about stalking? And I said, well, I don't know anything about stalking. <laughs> and so he said, perfect, then that's the one we should do. Um, because if we don't know much about it, then a lot of people don't know much about it. And there's a lot of people getting stalked. So they don't really know where to turn for help. So that was kind of how it all began. We wanted to start helping people figure out how to not be stalked or how to get help if they are being stalked. Mm, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a really unique approach. Like, oh, what, oh, you don't know anything about it? Perfect. Let's go with that. That's good. I like yep. that. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah. But, okay, so how do you know then, all right, you have this idea in place, this plan in place. How do you know then who to reach out to to find people that are willing to talk about this? Um, you know, it was kind of difficult at first because, you know, if you don't have anything to show somebody um, – you know, if you don't have a podcast already out there to show somebody, it's hard to get them to join in and want to tell their story, especially when they're talking about something, you know, horrific or something they don't really want to talk about. Um, so you know, we just kept looking through news articles and, you know, things like that until we found people that were willing to talk. And, you know, one of those was like uh, Lenora Claire. Um, she's a huge advocate for, you know, victims' rights and helps a lot of people. Um, so we got kind of the bigger, more, the bigger names in, in the stalking world, I guess you could say, you know, advocates that are out there really pushing for change. And those were kind of our first guests. And it went from there and more people all the time are kind of coming out and letting us know that they were stalked and they're ready to tell their stories as well. So let's talk about some of it. What are some early warning signs of, of stalking? 
Um, you know what it, it, it is? It's like anything that's in your that your gut is telling you is a red flag or something's not right, then it's usually that something's not right. If you kind of listen to your gut, it's the best way to do it. So what are some examples? When somebody is feeling like, okay, this feels a little bit strange, your gut, like what are some examples that you could bring out that are very common amongst stalking victims? Um, you know, it, it's always really different. I mean, sometimes you've got strangers, uh, like a stranger stalking scenario, somebody you don't know, in which case, you know, you, you see the same person all the time that you wouldn't maybe normally see. Um, or you're getting strange phone calls, uh, weird emails, you know, and it's con continuing and it's consistent. Um, text messages that, you know, all of a sudden are coming up and, and you don't know the number and they're weird. Um, just kind of things that are out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people get stalked when they end a relationship. Right. So usually with that, you can kind of tell, well, it's hard to tell when you're in the relationship unless they're you know, very narcissistic or controlling um, or have already started stalking within the relationship. Um, but afterwards, you know, if you're, if they're constantly trying to find out where you're at, asking you even, or, you know, you see them everywhere, or again, you're getting those weird phone calls or, or text messages, um, emails, yeah. social media yeah. things, you know. Let me ask you, so the stalking type of personality, someone that is actually doing the stalking, the perpetrator, uh -huh. I assume there's a lot of common similarities amongst these people when it comes to their emotional, their environment, maybe their upbringing having trouble to deal with a lot of the perps are to your point from what i've seen they're actually they know the victim the victims quite often know the perpetrator that's stalking them that's very common so uh -huh. uh, when you yeah, look that's, at it's very common when you look at the perpetrators themselves what are some of the key characteristics that you from your experience now in a, in a year of talking to these different victims uh -huh. what are some of the key characteristics that you see in the actual perpetrators you know, I think a lot of them do have very narcissistic qualities. Um, you know, like I said, with, if it's been a relationship that ended or something and that's who's stalking you, um, they're controlling. Most of the time, they've already started stalking you within the relationship. So, um, you know, you, you go to work and then you go to your friend's house and your stalker knows where you are before you've told him, you know, so maybe he's got a tracker on your phone um, or on your car or something like that. Um, so wait, when you pull up to your friend's house, how does he know that you're going to be there? It's, they, a lot of times, like I said, they'll put a tracker on your car, they'll put a tracker on your phone, um, you know, they'll they'll have the Google Maps, you know, tell, telling them where you're at at all times and you might not even know it. There's so many apps that someone can install on your phone. Um, you know, especially if your stalker is someone you're in a relationship with or have been, they probably had access to your phone at some point and possibly put a some kind of tracker on it. Um, That's or so they're creepy. simply following you. That's so creepy. And so they're watching your every move. They know your habit and routine without you even know they're watching you, potentially. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you go to your friend's house for a, a bite to eat after work one day, and there they are, their car's in the street. Sure, or, or you come home from, you don't even know they're stalking you. Um, you don't know that they've known that, but you come home and they're, hey, how was so-and-so that you were just with? And you think to yourself, well, how did they know that? That's 
not something they should have known. I didn't tell them that. And then, you know, a lot of times the victims will start questioning themselves like, oh, well, maybe I, I did tell him that, that I was going to be there. Or, you know, those kind of start questioning. They start to feel a little, you know, discombobulated, a little crazy about things like what's really going on here. Because um, they just literally it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that someone is stalking you and following your every move. Um, and so it's hard to even explain, you know, to authorities what's going on so you can even get help a lot of times. What I'm trying to understand is what does the stalker hope to accomplish? And I get there's infatuation and I get that a lot of times people to other people become possessions and it becomes a possessory kind of thing. But what is the psycho what's the psychology behind it maybe you don't even know the answer but this is just thought provoking what's the psychology behind these people because on one hand they know that the person that they're stalking quite often is not really that into them so do they believe that if they just scare the shit out of somebody eventually they're going to scare them shitless that they're going to fall in love with them what's 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 what is going on in, in their mind like what's happening I think it's different in every single scenario. Um, you know, sometimes the stalker likes to promote fear in, into somebody. Um, sometimes, you know, they're delusional and they don't even realize what they're doing isn't the correct way to be as somebody. Mm. Um, or, you know, they do have a mental illness or they, you know, just have a lot of anger. Um, you know, they're, they're just obsessed. They're so obsessed with this other person that they can't stop. They can't stop themselves. It's a complete obsession. It's, you know, like if you're, it's an addiction. Mm, yeah, that's well said. It's an addiction and they can't control it. So mm -hmm. for the person that's getting stalked and you start seeing these signs, wh where do you go? What do you do from there? You know, it's interesting. Um, the laws really haven't caught up with most stalking cases most scenarios that you'd be um stalked the laws just aren't really there yet because of technology technology allows stalkers to easily find people um but a lot of a lot of times like the best way to really turn or the best place to turn to is first of all you need a support system you do need to talk to somebody about it you need to talk to your best friend your mom your dad your sister brother whoever it is um just that you do have a support system and then you know you need to record and document every single thing that's happening everything um and that'll kind of keep your head in the right space too like okay so this is really happening you can go back and you can look like on tuesday at four o'clock um you know, I, I got this hang-up call. I'm pretty sure it's my stalker. On, you know, Wednesday at 9 o'clock, my car was keyed, whatever it might be. Um, so make sure that you document everything. And then you want to find, I mean, you want to make police reports, although a lot of times, as we know, the police, they're there more to um, fix something after a crime has been committed. And although stalking is a crime police like to come in after there's something visual that they can say okay you know there's there's been a murder here let's fix it um they're not really into <laughs> taking you know you know before the the law has actually been broken right in their right they're more reactive so, they're more reactive yeah. and uh but i believe that there are ways through the legal system maybe not necessarily the police correct me if no, i'm wrong there are like you want to reach out to victim advocates um the, one of the best places that you can look, that you can start to look, is um, domestic violence centers. They usually have a stalking 
portion within their domestic violence um, advocacy. That's a really, really good one. Um, and they'll be able to hook you up with an advocate that can help you through the legal system. Got it. Yeah, because a lot of times what you're going to need to do is get some type of restraining order, I would imagine. Yes, yes. If it gets so severe where you can't have where you have to go through the court and say, hey, you can't be within X number of yards of me. You can't be within 200 yards of my belongings. Of my yes, and, yeah. and it's some in some states it's easier to get a restraining order than others. It really depends on the state. Everything's kind of state by state for that. Um, yeah. But, it you know, sometimes, like I said, it's easy. Sometimes it's really difficult. We've, we've seen both cases. Quite often, I think what one of the uh, characteristics, too, of... Uh, stalking or a, a victim is something would a normal person be in reasonable fear of this type of behavior if the answer mm-hmm. is yes that kind of falls within that stalking criteria like this may fall this may be you may have a stalking case so, I, so during some of my research I found this interesting because sometimes a stalking uh, activity of some sort might not be deemed to be so creepy but it's all based upon the circumstances for example a girl breaks up with her boyfriend she moves away to a different city or a different state and within days of her in her new location and nobody is supposed to really even know where she lives 12 dozen you know a dozen or two dozen roses show up at her doorstep from the ex-boyfriend so if the roses itself is obviously a, a flattering thing to do that's very sweet but you couple it in the totality of the circumstances with the fact that this girl, no, he's not supposed to know where I live, and then these roses show up at your doorstep. Have you seen those types of things in, in your conversations with your guests? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, you know, we've had a lot of, we had one um, uh, college professor, actually, who her student became completely obsessed with her. And he ended up, she moved to another state in another college. He ended up going to that state and he should not have known where she was, you know, and, and he literally brought her flowers, showed up at her office, and she called 911. It was terrifying. She thought that he was going to kill her. And anybody who, looking from the outside in, he just showed up and brought her flowers. So right. what kind of a big deal is that? But once the cops knew the situation, they were able to determine that he was a threat and um, were able to arrest him. Wow. So talk about that, because stalking doesn't always lead to some of the worst crimes in the world. Sometimes it does, and I know you've had guests on from all walks of life. So give us maybe uh, an example of one case that comes to mind in in one of your recent conversations, recent podcast episodes. Who was it, and uh, something that led to somebody potentially dying or being killed? Uh Um, Well, you know, one we just uh, released last week was Dave Krupa. That's a really, really interesting case. Basically, he was dating around, dating a few women, nothing serious. Um, and one of the women, he he had been dating for a couple months and met another woman, dated her for two weeks. And the one that he dated for two weeks uh, ends up going missing. And he continues to date the first woman, um, nothing serious. And then the one that had gone missing starts stalking him and the other woman, but it really turned out and she stalked him for four years. But really what had happened is the original woman had killed her 
killed the second woman that he was dating and then pretended that she was the woman that she killed in order to stalk both herself and him. No and she ended fucking up, way. Yes, and she ended up even burning down her own house, killing her dogs in that fire, shooting herself, and blaming this woman that she'd already killed. No fucking way. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> it was the craziest story I've heard in a long time. Whoa. Oh yep. my fucking God. So wait a second. <laughs> that is insane. So you have a guy. He's dating around. Uh-huh. He dates this one woman for a month or two, a couple months. Uh-huh. And then he meets somebody else. He goes out with her for a couple weeks. Uh-huh. Obviously, woman number one knows about this new woman number two. Right. Woman number one kills her? Yes. And then pretends for four years to stalk him and herself, pretending yes. she's the dead person? Yes. And it, it wasn't, it, it was hardcore stalking. It was, you know, windows being broken, um, you know, graffiti all over her own house, his house, his work, um, constant calls, emails, and text messages, um, like constant, you know, burning down her own house. That's pretty major. Um, slashing her own tires, slashing his tires, um, you know, and then eventually shooting herself in the leg and and trying to blame it. By the time she shot herself in, in her leg, she actually tried to tell the cops that it was his first, his children's mother that had done it. And his children's mother was the one that was impersonating this girl and doing the stalking. So she basically tried to turn it around and say it was his children's mother doing everything. So that's kind of when the police were like, okay, that doesn't make any sense because now you're saying that she's dead and, you know, that kind of thing. So it was really crazy. The whole story is just nuts. So this case was cold. This was a cold case for several years until they figured yeah. this whole thing out? Wow. Well, because technically, you know, her mom had reported her missing, but this other lady was in- impersonating her and stalking Oh, right. Everybody. So everyone thought she was alive. So was she missing? Was she not missing? You know, it was kind of her mom's word against everyone else's. Uh, not to get too gory, do we know how she killed her? I think she stabbed her. Um, the, the morning that she died, she was leaving Dave's house, uh, or she was at Dave's house. That's the last time he saw her. And she, apparently the other, the murderer came up and found her at Dave's house and stabbed her in the car because later on when they found the car, they were able to um, you know, do luminol tests and find all the blood. And what did this do to Dave? Uh, he had to be completely screwed up from this thing after four years. Well, you know, he he's a good guy. He's, you know, I think he says he tries not to think about it too much, which I kind of understand. Um, you know, he only dated the girl, Carrie, that died um, for about two weeks. So, and then after that, he started, you know, he thought he was hating her because she was basically destroying his life. So then to turn around and find out that she's been dead the whole time and it's the girl he's dating that's actually destroying his life, like, that's enough to mess somebody up. So I can kind of see how he doesn't try to think about it too much and just tries to, like, he's, you know, he's got a new girlfriend now, he's moved away from the area, he's got a, you know, he changed his life and is, you know, just kind of trying to stay out of the limelight a little bit. That's the type of stuff you only see in the movies and then it really happens. (laughs) Jeez, you guys! Yep. You guys had to be blown away by that episode. 
it was it was insane it was insanity it was it was at the edge of my seat the entire time like and then what <laughs> <laughs> you know, like because each twist and turn was something new and i just couldn't believe it oh my gosh have you uh so most women are there are men that get stalked too correct it's mm-hmm. mostly women oh, but yeah. men get stalked yeah. as well have you d- talked to men on the show that have been stalked yeah we've talked to um quite a few i know guys i'm not i'm not including i'm not including dave that was being stalked by his own you know it was right right that, but, but um, in a no, normal we, situation. we have there's a, a dj that we spoke with um and he was getting stalked by um, he's like a DJ club promoter. He was getting stalked by a fan who, you know, he thought she was just a, a normal fan at first. And she ended up following him around, sending him a chainsaw as a gift. Oh, <laughs> you wow. know, a chainsaw appears at his house and, um, you know, and, and calling him relentlessly and, and all those things. And he was able to get restraining orders against her. And, um, you know, and I think that she had some mental issues there, but it was quite scary for him. And it's not always opposite sex either. Nope, it's not. We've Some, also had same sex, um, male and male and female and female. Everybody, I think, uh, I think we've done every type that you can think of: <laughs> parents and children and friends and strangers. Pretty much everything. And so, what is what do all these survivors of stalking say? I mean, do they all have a, a common message or a common theme on how to handle this and how to get past it? Um, you know, I think that mental health is really important for these survivors. Um, most of our survivors have, you know, been able to get some type of help. Um, and then what most of them have also done is turned around and they want to help other people. So it's it's kind of like a weird club that, you, that, you know, you, you get into. Mm. And a lot of the people that have been on our show even talk amongst the, with each other. Um, and you know they're because they want to change the laws. They want to help other people. They want to get you know greater advocates, greater advocacy, and, and more help for everybody. So it's kind of you know like I said, it's been like a weird little community that grew together, and everyone's just kind of trying to help everyone out. And yeah. you know they've. They're shining I think a that's light how people it. are getting through it is by helping others. They're shedding some awareness and spreading mm-hmm. spreading the awareness, shedding a light onto this. Uh, sensitive topic and one that seems to not have evolved as along with the technologies and times what what are the some of the gaps in the law that a lot of them complain about i mean just not being taken seriously by police um is is kind of a major one Mm. um or you know especially with social media it's really hard to get facebook and twitter and instagram to listen to them and be able to block I mean, I'm not a, a technology person, so to speak, but, um, you know, they, I think they want better awareness through social media, um, those companies. You know, if you can block somebody, why can't you block their IP address instead of just blocking each fake um, Instagram that they make? Why can't you block their IP address? Like uh, something like that, I think, would be yeah. would be something that, that they'd love to have, be helpful. Social media is so scary. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of, but it's got a lot of benefits to it, a lot of pros, um, but it's got a ton of dangerous aspects to it as well. And I, really does. I, I would imagine anyone that's a stalker, a predator, a child predator, any type of predator, it's such easy access for these people now. I oh, as, it really I, is. Have you guys, sure. have you guys seen a lot of this? A lot of these victims, it has come through some form of social media. I take it. Yeah, I mean, we interviewed one woman who, her stalker, she has no clue who it, who it 
had no clue who it was, um, literally sent her a Facebook request and she denied it because she didn't know who it was. And these, this person started stalking her for, for several years and it was a horrible. It was every day, day in, day out. She had to leave all of her social media, you know, everything, just did block everything, disconnect everything. And, um, you know, eventually the FBI stepped in and was able to help her out. But it was, Jeez. it was pretty intense stalking because she didn't want a friend request from someone she didn't know. Jamie, that simple. Jamie, have you ever been stalked? Um, I have not. No. No. Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm glad I haven't been stalked. <laughs> well, now that you've got a podcast, you definitely won't. They like we can't stalk her. She's gonna she put us out there right away. Oh yeah, you know? I, I think uh, <laughs> I would at least uh, you know know what to do. I would hope, but um, you know each case is different. People are scary, and you know it, it does take some time to be able to get help and document everything. And um, you know that's a lot of our victims have seen that. They're victims, yet they have to advocate for themselves. They have to kind of do everything on their own. They have to do all their own documenting, and it yeah. takes up a lot of time. It's extremely exhausting. This podcast you've had for a year, and uh, uh-huh. as I was noticing your your ratings on Apple Podcasts, you have quite a large number of ratings, over a thousand ratings. That's a pretty big number for a podcast that's only been around for a short period of time. Uh, how have you guys? Well, gro- you. How have you guys grown? <laughs> what What are some of the tips and tricks? How have you guys grown the podcast? Um, you know, we are with a company called Cast Media, um, and they helped us a lot with promotion. Um, you know, so I think that that was our main um, way of getting the word out, and then you know, just our own personal social media and Instagram, and um, it's a lot of word of mouth um, because people who are listening to a lot of these people who listen to the podcast have been stalked or they know it's someone who's been stalked right. so we've seen it grow tremendously through word of mouth is there one particular company or uh, charity uh, I don't know something out there that that focuses strictly on uh, this stalking aspect that you would recommend people go to like their website um, you know we have a list actually on um, our Instagram which is at strictly stalking pod um, just for different, because everything's different in different states and in you know different parts of the world. Because we uh, we interview people in the UK a lot, um, sure. Australia. Yeah. So yeah, if you go onto our Instagram, you can find a whole list of resources. Because one of the ones I came across was, are you familiar with Safe Horizon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They seem to have yep. quite a bit of information. I'll link some of this in the show notes. The the helplines, cool. the crime victims hotline, etc. Your Instagram. Uh, your Apple Podcast link. So this is something that you're doing on the side, having fun with, and, and obviously learning and spreading awareness. You're also a casting director. Mm-hmm. Now, what exactly does that mean? Um, basically, I put people in TVs and film. <laughs> and, TV any, and film. Any shows that we should uh, that we would recognize? Yeah, I have a new one coming out um, called Paradise City on Amazon Prime March of 2021 that I'm really excited about. It's got so many amazingly talented um, actors in it. I mean, Bella Thorne, um, Andy Bierzak, Drea DeMatteo, Mark Boone Jr. Um, gosh, it, the list is on and on. It's amazing actors in that one. And, and you're one of the people that's responsible for bringing all these people together for, for this uh, series or whatever it is? 
Yeah. So, you know, I work with the director and producers and, you know, we put the cast list together and audition and do it all, put it all together. And they take it from, from there. Of course, I don't really do much on the production side, just kind of before production. Now, is this, do you do casting for strictly acting roles or do you do any reality TV stuff? Nope. I've also done reality TV. Um, I, started out more in reality um in, in unscripted and then i went towards scripted because i was a little more interested in the scripted aspect but mm. um i i love doing reality shows as long as uh like nothing too crazy for me personally for like, the, like, the, ba- like the bachelorette the bachelorette might be a little too crazy huh i know i would love to cast the bachelorette <laughs> or you know some of the dating shows i try to stay away from because they they get a little too crazy i'm not sure i need to look for I'm sure I need to cast so many dating shows these days but but yep I've done scripted and unscripted for sure are there certain characteristics that you're looking for I know this is a hard question because it depends uh-huh. on it depends on the roles and all this stuff but are there certain characteristics that you see amongst a lot of successful actors for example that that really translate well when they go into an audition yeah for sure I mean I think number one is confidence I think um that's the biggest thing that any actor can can have is confidence even if you read the role completely wrong and you didn't quite understand the role whatever it is as long as you walk in and you're confident in whatever you're giving out that's going to be able to be seen much more than than doing the role quote unquote right because you can come in and read it differently than what I had thought it should be read and maybe that was way better than what I was expecting so and mm. you did it so confidently that you know you get the role whatever it might be so definitely confidence and i'm sure you've seen quite a few bomb quite a few people that just come in and bomb of course of course <laughs> that's part of the, that's, that's just part of life that's got to be part of the entertainment that's got to be the best part of the whole thing like oh jeez <laughs> like hey is, um, is yeah, there like a table i, I could I hide love under for everybody that auditions for me to be able to get the role that they want but uh, um, it doesn't work that way but yeah i mean everybody bombs Bombs an audition at some, at one point or another. That's for sure. Uh, appreciate the insight tonight. I'm happy to connect with you. Where tell people where they could connect with you uh, on social, etc. Sure. Um, on Instagram, um, my my personal Instagram is feathergirl77. Um, I'm easy to find on there. And then my strictly stalking Instagram is at strictly stalking pod. And again, we'll link some of these in the show notes. Uh, really appreciate the insight into this developing area of, uh, of the law, I would say. And uh, continued success with your podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you.